Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by EdgeBoost. EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Benny's the Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Tuesday, May 30th. May is almost over, which means my birthday has happened. And it also means that my man Ryan Gilbert's birthday just happened as well. He is back. Ryan, how you doing, man? How's your weekend? I'm doing good. It was a very, very long, very uh, enjoyable weekend. I'm happy to be back, though. I, I did record the hockey podcast last night as a warm-up because it, feel, it feels like I haven't podcasted in forever here. So excited <laughs> to get back into things after a nice long birthday holiday weekend. Thank you for the uh, kind birthday wishes there. And, yeah, excited no to talk some baseball. Yeah, I'm excited to be talking some baseball with you again, too. I know while you were gone, I was supposed to record with Mike Curlin from The Athletic. I appreciate him for stepping up, but I did have some at-home issues. Awesome people breaking into cars, kind of messing up some plans. But then we had Gary on at the end of the week. Gary came and hung out with me. Uh, we we're supposed to talk some Yankees baseball and things like that, and then we got really wrapped up in Mariners baseball, which I'm always I, I wonder always why. okay with. And then his fucking Yankees smacked the Mariners yesterday. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping we can recover from that, but I'm hoping Bryce Miller can recover from that because he had a very historic start to his young career. An incredible first five starts. And then yesterday, four innings, 11 hits, eight earned runs, only struck out three. I was both surprised and not surprised because obviously Bryce Miller is a very good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. He's likely going to be very good for quite a while. But things like this needed to happen. Everybody needs their welcome to baseball moment. And Bryce Miller's welcome to baseball moment just happened to be a six-seven center fielder that hit a uh, hundred and sixteen point eight mile an hour home run, and then followed it up with another home run later in the game. It, it happens to the best of them, uh, especially when you're somebody that doesn't get a ton of uh, swing and miss, swing and misses like Bryce Miller does not. So he'll rebound, he'll be okay. But I know. Uh, managers that started him yesterday, especially in points leagues, probably were really struggling with that one. Yeah, I mean Bryce Miller, he had. I mean, it was it was great that he had his first four starts. All went all went pretty well for him. Two of them, I mean, one against Oakland, one against Detroit, but also had a quality start against Atlanta. Good first start against Houston, and yeah, if if there's a team you're going to do it against, if there's a guy that you're going to you know give up uh, your first MLB home run against Aaron judge is not, not a bad guy <laughs> to do it against I mean, That whole Yankees lineup hit, hit him pretty good, but yeah, I don't know what his next matchup is, but I imagine he'll be able to, uh, to bounce back a little bit. He's been impressive so far. Doesn't quite have that, that those strikeout numbers, but he's still, he's not walking guys, no walks yesterday, mm -hmm. still three walks on the season in five starts. So he has that control. Just a matter of, you know, being able to, to deal with those big innings and when he has big blowups. Yeah, he fits right into that Mariners motto of uh, control the zone. They like to do it on both sides. Uh, they like the hitters to control the zone, not swing at stupid pitches out of the zone like Javi Baez does. Uh, and they like their pitchers to really control the zone as well. And, I mean, if you look, Bryce Miller doesn't walk a ton of batters. 
George Kirby is the best pitcher in baseball in terms of walking batters or not walking batters. Uh, Logan Gilbert made huge strides this year. I think Logan Gilbert's top five in K minus walk rate for the year. Uh, Luis Castillo, he walked some batters, but like not a ton. And then Marco is just Marco. We don't, we just, he's like, he's like the guy that's just happy to be here. We just throw him out there every fifth day and like whatever he does, he does. If he does good, then we're happy. If he does bad, then, you know, it's just Marco. But yeah, he fits right into that control the zone mentality. And like I said, next matchup, he's going to be okay. I did feel bad yesterday, though, because I mentioned before, I get a lot of people that ask me like fantasy start sick questions, things like that. And I had somebody uh, it has been hitting me up all year, asking me questions. And he gave me a, a of these five starters. What three would you pick for this week? And the first one I picked was Bryce Miller. And the second one I picked was Michael Kopech, both who gave up a ton of earned runs yesterday. <laughs> the third one is Yuri Perez. And so I'm just praying that that. Uh, Oakland A's don't find a way to light up Yuri Perez later in the week because Dan did I feel they, bad. They won yesterday though, right? I think they they broke their losing seven to one or seven to two. Like, oh. God, Oakland is so bad, dude. But I mean, just random shit off the top of my head because man, we haven't recorded in like a week. You know, uh, wasn't it Ryan Nota for Oakland uh, for the month of May has the second highest barrel rate in baseball? It's crazy. I, I did twenty nine percent. No, but I have, I have something else. Speaking of a, a, a young pitcher struggling. Grayson Rodriguez sent down mm-hmm. to AAA, uh, I believe it was on, on Friday or, or Saturday after a bad start against Texas. He was kind of alternating good and bad starts there. Not even good starts, just five innings to earn, five and two thirds to earn. Like he was having some decent starts, but mostly bad starts. He was someone we hyped up a lot in the offseason. A lot of people hyped him up because he was just so good in the minors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, are you holding him if you have him, or are you just? Dropping them and see, seeing if you can find something in, in AAA before giving them another shot. I actually got asked this question the other day. And how I responded was, if it's a redraft league, I'm dropping him. And even in like a 15-team league, he's probably a drop at this point because he needs some serious retooling before he comes back up. If it's a keeper league, probably still dropping. If it's a dynasty, I'm going to hold him. I'm not going to be happy about it. But he'll take up an NA spot for me, and I'll keep him just because the talent is there. He is somebody that does have the ability to be an ace at the major league level. I'm just wondering if expectations on him may have been a bit too high. And he also came into the year. His big thing was his changeup. That was what everybody talked about in the minor leagues. His changeup was best pitch in baseball level good. And he came up and only threw it 21% of the time. Like he was still a 45% fastball guy. And then he like led with the fastball, worked the change up off of that. When, when you're somebody that has that dominant of a change up, like Edward Cabrera, perfect example. We talk about that on here a lot. Edward Cabrera, when he's really dealing with the change up and he's got that change up going and he's leaning on that heavily, dominant. Grayson Rodriguez just seemed scared to use that. And I heard like after his first two starts, he'd even. It seemed like he made some changes to his grip on his changeup as well, which is not what you want to hear from a guy that already had an elite pitch. So I think he's going to be down. I mean, at the minimum, it's going to be a couple months, I bet, before they would even consider bringing him back up. So Dynasty League, hold him. Every other league type, you're probably good to drop him because you're going to find somebody more valuable on your waiver. Yeah, I I forgot that he didn't break camp with the team. I mean, he only made one AAA start before getting called up. I don't know if that was 
planned or after, I don't know if there was an injury in, in the Orioles, you know, stacked rotation there. But yeah, he had a one start in AAA, didn't do too well, and then got, got caught up. So four innings, three earned or two earned, three runs, four walks. He's had trouble with walks and strikeouts all, all year long. So hopefully he can find that in the minors. But yeah, I, I agree. Redraft, you, you have to drop him. Keeper league, you probably got to got to cut bait too, unfortunately. Somebody that did really well recently that got called up that I really want to highlight is Bobby Miller. We were hesitant on Bobby Miller. I know Gavin Stone got called up uh, kind of around the same time frame. Gavin Stone did not go over well at the major league level. I think he had an ERA over seven. Uh, but Bobby Miller has been excellent. Uh, he just pitched again yesterday, six innings, four hits, one earned run, four strikeouts. Not striking out a ton of batters, five in his first appearance four in his second but uh, i mean he's dealing out there man he's got a fastball that's averaging 99 miles an hour incredible and he works in a changeup slider sinker curveball as well all with decent whiff rates his fastball is only 14 percent, which isn't great but that change up his second pitch just a 31 percent whiff rate which we love to see uh, do you have any shares of bobby miller or did, were you kind of in the wait and see mode with him still I did pick up Bob Miller. I picked up Bob Miller in in my keeper league for uh, I think I dropped Matt McLean. No, I think yeah, I think I dropped Matt McLean for him. Who I'm regretting, but Matt, Matt McLean is available. <laughs> I might pick him back up. Yeah, Bobby Miller. We talked about him when he got first got got caught up. I was like, you know what? He's was the big type prospect last year, two years ago, and now people are getting that prospect fatigue. And I mean, he has only nine strikeouts in eleven innings against against the Braves and Nationals. Starting against the Yankees coming up is going to be tough, but I think he's with what the Dodgers have in their rotation, with what they have with their prospects and whatnot. I think he's someone that, you know, he's rostered now in 59% of Yahoo leagues up 12% from last week. So that should only continue to rise as, you know, he kind of settles in at the major league level. Yeah. And I, I think people should temper their strikeout expectations on him. Cause he was never a, he was never a power pitcher. I mean, he throws 99, but he was never like an overpowering pitcher. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's a, a big ground ball pitcher. So the strikeout numbers aren't going to be crazy, but he is going to be, I mean, his, they share the same last name, him and Bobby Miller, both guys that they're not going to strike out a ton of batters, but uh, excellent ground ball rates. They let the defense kind of take care of things behind them and the Dodgers play good defense. So I, I think he's going to be okay. And I think he's worth an ad in 12 team and bigger leagues, 10 team leagues, maybe give it another start. See how that, that next start goes, but I, he should be on everybody's radar, and if you feel like picking him up, I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I'll make sure we shout out Edge Boost here. Uh, this episode supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet you like, or even use it to create an awesome middle or even hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgillingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgillingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so one thing I do want to highlight real quick from the chat here. Uh, Chad said, can you guys believe the Yahoo dumpster fire over Ben Joyce? Did you hear about that? 
I did not know. I, I don't know all the details on it. I just know some of it. There was a Ben Joyce that was already in their system. And if I remember correctly, it was a starting pitcher, Ben Joyce. And when it got announced he was getting called up, they added in a relief pitcher, Ben Joyce. And so, I I mean, that's all the info I have. And it was people were freaking out because they don't know. They didn't know which one was the Ben Joyce that was supposed to be on rosters. It was going to have <laughs> stats count for them. So now there's a, a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher one. And uh, I'm seeing just was, the starting pitcher now. They got just the starting pitcher. Yeah. See, then it, the rumor that I heard was that they were going to delete one. And pretty much if you picked up the one that was getting deleted, you're screwed. Screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, I mean, fucking it, sucks. It, it, yeah, it says the starting pitcher was added on January 28th. So the starting pitcher was there. It's just someone yeah. was like, oh, they, they call Ben Joyce. Make, I got to make sure we add him. Oh, and I want to mention him real quick, too. He's the, for those that don't know, he is the Tennessee Volunteers or former Tennessee Volunteers pitcher that threw like 105 and a half miles an hour at the college level. All he really does is throw, not even a fastball, it's a sinker. All he really does is just throw a sinker, like really fucking fast. Uh, he made his major league debut yesterday through 12 pitches. 11 of them were over a hundred miles an hour and it was just absolutely fucking disgusting. He's got a cutter that was 89 miles an hour. Uh, it's pretty impressive. That's a, so, yeah, that's, that's a huge difference there. One over a hundred uh, down there, 90, 89. And the thing that I think or that I thought was interesting was he's, so he's kind of a one trick pony, but he had a 30 command grade on fan graphs. Like it's on a 20 to 80 scale and he's got a 30 <laughs> command grade pretty much. He could throw hard, but you don't know where it's going to go. If you watch like his pitching ninja highlights from yesterday, he was just absolutely painting corners, painting them, which is not what you'd expect from a guy with a 30 command grade. So I don't know what kind of fantasy impact he will have. I do I don't think he's going to end up being a closer anytime soon or ever. Maybe he yeah, could be a closer. I mean, uh, he's not going to be a starter, is he? He'll be out of the bullpen. No. Yeah, he'll he'll be out of the bullpen. So, I mean, if you want, like, if you're looking for a high strikeout guy, he could be one of those guys that's got like a 15 K nine with a 45% K rate. He could be one of those type of guys, but we'll have to see how it pans out. Cause again, he only threw 12 pitches yesterday. So who knows what his walk rate's going to look like. But uh, watching him throw those pitches, he's got one hell of a delivery, and that thing fucking whips in there, <laughs> and it breaks a shitload because it's a fucking sinker. So like, it was like going 102 miles an hour, breaking a shitload. I don't know how you hit it. Genuinely, yeah, I have I mean, no fucking clue. You, you got to hope for him to make a mistake or you know hit you or throw four balls. I guess. Yeah, not hit, not hit you there. if he's throwing 105. God, I hope it doesn't fucking hit me. Oh, okay. Yeah. But a yeah, uh, a move, uh, a free agent move, I wanted to make. I, I made that I want to get your opinion on. It's a catcher move. Uh, rest of the season, who do you like better, Dalton Varsho or uh, Francisco Alvarez? Francisco Alvarez. Yeah, you think he's yep. going to stand, stand the lineup rest rest of the year for the Mets? He, I he's do. Hitting two tonight again against the Phils. I do. Uh, I mean. No offense to Dalton Varsho. Like Dalton Varsho offers things that not a lot of catchers do. He has speed. Uh, he's an outfielder now. This is likely his last year of catcher eligibility in fantasy. But he does offer speed that not really any other catchers can give you. But he's never a batting average guy. Like in a good season out of Dalton Varsho, you're hoping he hits 235. He's got some power. He can hit 25 home runs. 
But then you've got somebody like Francisco Alvarez who came up with a he's, – he's got a, a good hit tool and the ability to hit for power. Uh, I think last time I checked, his strikeout rate in the month of May was down to like 14%, and his walk rate was up closer to 10 He's hitting for actual power and a prominent spot in the Mets lineup. He's not going to steal any bases because he is not fast at all. But he is proving that the hype is there and the hype is real and that it was warranted completely. I I don't know if he can keep up this crazy pace that he's on right now that he's been putting up recently, but he he has the power and the hit tool to be a better fantasy asset than Dalton Varsha, which is crazy to say. Thing is, Varsho was a lot of people's like number two catcher coming into the season. Yeah, every, everyone loved Darsha coming Varsho coming into this season. You know, not catching anymore, not having to deal with the, the, that aspect of it. Coming to a better lineup with the Blue Jays, and he's just disappointed. I, I yeah, I have both Varsho and Alvarez in both my twelve team redraft and my eighteen keeper league. I, I, I can't drop Alvarez. He's he's been great, and, and Varsho I think is better than. He's shown, even though his like underlying numbers aren't there. I think something at some point I have to click click with him. But yeah, it's interesting. Like looking at you know guys that are struggling right now or like young kids up and coming. Like which one you'd rather go for? And I also uh, came into that with I picked up Carlos Correa. Uh, probably shouldn't mm-hmm. have because he's doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> and uh, Matt McLean's available. So rest of season with uh, Correa, or do you think Matt McLean has a uh, some, some staying power? Now that. It's an interesting fucking question that I got to think about for a second. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have. I picked up Correa. Uh, I dropped Mc, McLean in a similar time transaction, not one for one. But McLean is now still. I dropped him. No one picked him up. He cleared waivers. He's a free agent now. He's got what a seven game hit streak with multiple hits in five of those games. Good ballpark. I mean, it's it's tough. It's because what happens when they bring up Daily Cruz, or if they bring up Daily Cruz, are they going to put Daily Cruz at, at third and put McLean at short? Like, are they going to that that that's that's the big that's question. The question. Yeah, I, I I mean, I got to think that when they bring Ellie up, which could literally at this point bring Ellie up could happen while we're recording this podcast. Yeah. It seems to be so close to happening. Um, I think the likely scenario for Ellie coming up is Ellie moves to first, or sorry, Ellie's at third, Steer moves to first. And then steer man's first base until they bring Encarnacion Strand up. And then mm-hmm. steer and Encarnacion Strand will kind of flip flop between first and DH. But for the rest of the season between those two, Carlos Correa and Matt McClain, right now I'm going to lean Matt McClain just because he does offer, he offers some pop. Probably his ceiling is probably 15 to 17 home runs. I think I said 20 last time we talked about him. I think it's more the 15 to 17 home run area. This is ceiling, but he's got the speed 93rd percentile sprint speed. So he could steal 25, 30 bases and he's hitting for a good average, which will likely come down of course, but he's got an eight and a, or it's like 8.8% barrel rate, which is pretty good. Like we love, we love a barrel rate over seven on this podcast. So 8.8% creeping up on nine. Playing at Great American Ballpark as your home park is also incredible, especially for righties. So, yeah, I, it's cra- I, it's crazy to think I'm saying this because preseason, obviously, I don't, I would have never in a million years said Matt McLean is, has more value rest of the season than Carlos Correa. But I think right now that is the likely outcome. 
Yeah, I mean, we would have said that like random price price that comes up in May over Carlos Correa would have, would have been shocking. Like we didn't expect yeah. huge things from, from Correa. He's always been a, a suspect. Wombie. I think I think McLean, especially for for right now, it's he's, he's hit it in second in that lineup. And going back to uh, Francisco Alvarez, he has four straight batted balls over 100 miles per hour. Unfortunately, two of them were double plates. Yeah, and I was just looking at Francisco Alvarez's stats too for. A month of May, he's hitting 304 with seven doubles, six home runs, and he brought that strikeout rate down to 17%, which makes him a points league monster for catchers, which I fucking love points league. So, <laughs> absolutely Alvarez rest of the year. Absolutely McLean rest of the year. And I'm glad you asked me that because, um, so uh, as most people know, I write for Fantasy Pros. I'm part of the expert rankings committee. I did all my preseason rankings. We, me and you, Ryan, went over mm-hmm. our rankings before the season and all that. I had been holding off until the end of May to do my uh, updated rest of the season rankings for fantasy pros. So I'm glad you asked me the McLean versus Correa question because I tonight am doing my updated rest of the season rankings for fantasy pros. Watch for those to come out. And that is something that I I now don't need to think about. I now know where to put Matt McLean moving forward. But. Where yeah, that, that that'll be fun to to dig into a little bit. I'll have to look at look at those and call some out for next show for for for. Some oh fun. yeah, you love calling them out, but I will say <laughs> I I looked back at my I tried to keep it to myself because I want to do like my check out where I was right like later on mm-hmm. in the year. But yeah. things like uh, Adley Rutschman is the number one catcher was I mean that, I was pretty fucking heavy on that coming into the year. I think he's still the number one catcher right now. I was way higher on a lot of guys like Yandy Diaz. I was very high. Yeah, Yandy, Yandy Diaz, Diaz, you called. You were great on him. Yeah, Kelnick, yeah. I was very high on coming into the year. Like, <laughs> I, I had a lot of, I, I had a lot of good ones. I had some stinkers out there too. So yeah, you know, shout yeah. out Jeremy Pena as the number seven shortstop or eight shortstop. <laughs> That's not looking so hot right now. Uh, yeah, I, I have I have that spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> I'll go back to back and look at them. Oh, you uh, can search that on the internet right now, too. Yeah, Sean Murphy is the top catch right now. I think he was. Oh, there we go. One of our sleepers for for the. Um, I think it was yours. Cal Riley was mine. Sean Murphy was yours. Oh uh, yeah, Cal Riley because you stole mine. So it's Sean Murphy. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. For the farther here, make sure you check out the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Final Contest on the SGPN app. Enter exclusively on the app. There are series props and game props for each game. There's a $100 SGPN gift card up for grabs for each contest. So download the SGPN app and enter today. All right. So real quick, I just want to answer these real quick for Anthony. Uh, who do you guys, what do you guys think about this trade? Josh Lowe, Vinny P, Alex Cobb for Sandy and Solaire, 12 team points league. I would rather have the Josh Lowe, Vinny P, Alex Cobb side of that trade, I believe. Uh, and Bryce Miller or Elder rest of the season. Bryce Miller by a lot in my opinion. Uh, and then Chad said, uh, who's got I think, more? I think I would take the Sandy side. I think Sandy is the, Sandy still side? the best player in that deal. I don't know if I believe in Josh Lowe yet. I think Solaire we're, probably has. Uh, uh, yeah. We're big Vinny P guys though. We we were. He's. He, I was looking at, at his game, at his <laughs> stats the other day. He hasn't been doing too well. And Alice, Alice Cobb has been been sneaky good, but I still think Sandy has. He, he, Sandy it has, is a, it's, has to figure it out. It, it's a good it's a trade. fair trade for both for yeah. both sides. Yeah. It's a fair trade. Yeah, no one, uh, no one's getting ripped off. And then Chad said, uh, "Who ends up more value rest of the season, uh, Ben Joyce or recently returned also fireball and Garrett Crochet?" I'm gonna say Ben Joyce, just because I think it's a lot harder to hit a 105 mile an hour sinker than anything else. And I think 
the angels are going to only put him in position that benefits him. He's probably going to pitch in no high leverage situations, at least for quite some time. And they're just a better team than Chicago. So I think he's going to have, he's going to be put in more positions to succeed. Whereas Chicago might demand more at a, is he still pitching for the white Sox? Now that I'm saying that I'm just having flashbacks I'm, I'm to MLB, sure. the show Garrett Crochet. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's on the white Sox still. Yeah, so, so I, I think the White Sox are going to put him in more tougher scenarios than Ben Joyce is going to be in. But yeah, somebody ben that is like a, a, a more of the unknown. I don't think Crochet yeah. is going to be put in, in any save spots, especially now with, with Liam Hendricks officially back. So that, that, that was great to see for the White Sox. But yeah, Ben uh, Ben Joyce, I guess, could possibly get, get some save situations for the Angels, so probably go with him. Okay, somebody – so. I made a trade in my home league okay. yesterday. I'm going to run it by you. So it's a points league. Keep It's a points league and a keeper league. Keep four players picked in the fourth round or later for next year. It's the first year of the league, so nobody had any keepers from last year. I traded away Mookie Betts. God, I got to remember the trade now. I traded Not away Mookie start. Betts and Manny Machado. And in return, I got Bryce Harper and Jose Altuve. Harper um, is keeper eligible. Both Mookie and Manny Machado are not keeper eligible. Bryce Harper is keeper eligible next year. Um, I have a plethora of second base options outside of Altuve to cover that, which is where I'd been playing Mookie. I hated getting rid of Mookie, but what Altuve has done since coming back from injury it was too enticing for me to pass up, especially when I can get Bryce Harper, who at some point is going to get first base eligibility as well. So, yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad trade. I don't know if I I would. I mean, it's just like a two for. It does help that Harper is keeper eligible. So, do you guys just keep them for keepers and they, they don't like slot it around? Just like okay, these are your guys, and then you draft. Yep. yep. Yeah, just yeah, that, that, that's pretty good that then, because he'll be, he should be a, a top two or three round talent next year, especially if you, so if you can keep him, that that's some value there, and you're not losing too much value this year. I like bets. I love bets having second yeah. base shortstop eligibility. So like, you know, you have one of those two covered no matter what. But I mean, you're getting Altuve back to cover that, and then and yeah, I, I I like Harper over Machado a lot. Same. The only part that killed me was like coming into the year, I was obviously not very high on Jose Altuve, even pre-injury. And so it did pain me a little to be like, fuck, my first like real big trade of the year in this league is me trading for Jose Altuve. But he's been like, he's been on fire since he came back. 10 games, three doubles, two home runs, hitting 355 with a 444 on base percentage. His barrel rate's like 13%, which you love to see. I mean, it'd be a career high again. It's only eight games. So that will change. Uh, my one qualm with Jose Altuve is the fact that he is like a five foot four pole hitting fly ball hitter with a well below average, average exit velocity every year. So I don't think that has a long shelf life at this point, especially when you're getting up to like 35, 36 years old, however the fucking old he is. I don't think you can do that forever. But in the short term, I like it. And he may also just be somebody that I sell high on in a couple weeks, like two weeks Mm -hmm. from now, if he's still hitting pretty well. Because I have 
I have Tyro Estrada, who is on the IL right now, but he's in my L- IL spot. I can easily, when he comes back, I mean, in a points league, Tyro Estrada has been on fire this year. I have no problems with him being my starting second baseman for the rest of the year. So if I can sell Altuve for a good price when he comes back, like a top-end pitcher, I, that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm the highest-scoring team in the league, so I don't like necessarily need to make moves, but... Even in that scenario, being the highest scoring team in the league, I do still like to find ways to maximize the amount of points mm-hmm. I can get every week. And whether you're in first place or last place, you should still sell high on players when you can sell high on players. Yeah, you got to maximize your roster when you can. I think you did a good job of that there, especially if you can flip them for a need that you have. And that's something I texted you yesterday that I want to kind of talk about more as we get into June is like make sure you're you're maximizing your rosters for for whatever position you're in. If you're top of your league, you're waiting for playoffs. If it's a standard league where the playoffs matter, you know, c- kind of coach a little bit, take a chance on players you can wait on. If you're in the middle of it, you know, you got to make sure you got to make use of those la- final roster spot or two every week, either for streaming, maybe, maybe stream steals for one week to see if you can get that mm-hmm. category in a five by five, look at your opponent, look at who you're playing. And then, yeah, if, if you're in the, the bottom third of your league, figure out, you know, maybe give, give up your best player for two or three good players that maybe yep. you lose the trade, but you get enough, enough depth and you can kind of fill things out there. That that was going to be my strategy for people at the bottom of the league too. Uh, if you're in last place or you're creeping up on last place and you have like Julio Rodriguez in your lineup and you're that low, you can probably afford to trade Julio Rodriguez for two like good players and give yourself more depth options. So then you have the ability to score more points or like even in a category league, the ability to get more more category counting stats and that's the best way to try and get out of the seller because then you can turn right around when you pick it up a little bit and you can trade one of those guys that was good maybe they turn into a better player and you can package them with a a a little better than streaming option pitcher and you can get yourself an even better player back and you can fluctuate your roster around right there you really, if you are in the bottom half of your league at this point, there should be nobody that is untouchable on your roster. Maybe in a dynasty league, obviously, because you spend a lot more time building those rosters, but like redraft, if you're in the bottom half and you want a chance at making the playoffs, it is a long season, but nobody should be untouchable. Everybody should be for sale for the right price. Obviously, don't just dump them for nothing, but good pl- or, uh, an elite player is worth two good players. So don't ever let somebody try and offer like a, a, an okay one for one trade for your Trey Turner. Don't do that. Trey Turner is worth a, maybe a good player plus maybe even not quite a good player, just a good player. He's worth plus a few, upgrade. a few good players. He's, he's, he's coming back. He's bouncing <laughs> I was back. waiting for you to throw that in there. <laughs> uh, Anthony, yeah, Hendricks is worth picking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but okay, so injuries. I want to talk about Tristan McKenzie. He should be back very soon. He's about to go out on his third rehab start uh, on Tuesday. So today should be making his third rehab start, and then he should be back soon. Uh, Very good pitcher last year. There's a lot of upside there. I am going to be a little cautious coming out of the injury because I believe it was a forearm injury. Uh, So we'll see how it goes. If I remember correctly, him and Verlander had the same – I'm seeing well, shoulder and shoulder. Here. I'm not sure okay. exactly what it was. It's just they, in the parentheses with the shoulder. So yeah, we'll we'll see. 
how it pans out. I think he's looked okay in his rehab starts so far. And Cleveland, we, Cleveland fucking needs him. But there's going to be some fallout from that too, from him coming back because uh, Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, one of them, either they're going to go to a six-man rotation or one of them has to get sent back down. And it's kind of a who's going to do it because they've both been elite. Logan Allen just pitched seven innings with 10 Ks the other day. Tanner Bybee, I think he had six six innings with nine Ks or eight Ks, took the loss, but pitched a excellent game. So that's going to be hard. But if you had Tristan McKenzie, you should be happy that he's back because he's one of those guys that was taken in the trying to remember ADPs off the top of my head. We had him so memorized early in the year. I, I McKenzie think was about, a it was a sixth seventh round pick in, in yeah. my, my league. Yeah, so like it, it that's decent draft capital for a pitcher and with the way pitching has gone this year. I mean, we're kind of struggling for some real good pitchers, so he has a chance to be one of those. It's just a matter of how effective can he be when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also for the Guardians, uh, Aaron Savalli is going to come back and start Friday. So that's that's Ooh. two rotation spots, so both of both Bobby, Bibby and uh, what's the other one? Logan Allen. Logan Allen, yes. Probably both of those guys are probably lose their, their spot or at least one of them with the other one going to the uh, bullpen, which is which is unfortunate because uh, they, they've both been pretty good. At least, at least Bibby has for me in my keeper league. Yeah, say, uh, same here. I have Tanner Bybee in the SGP and Dynasty League, and I've been happy as hell with him. It'll suck if he gets sent down because I'm not to figure out what to do with him because my pitching is – my weak spot as it is, although first place, baby, I'm leading the league right now, and I'm happy as hell about it. Uh, but I'm happy you're back, man. I think this is mm-hmm. this is about all I've got. Yeah, it looks like it looks like it looks like Bybee is uh, projected to start on Thursday, which makes the Valley Friday. Okay. So maybe he's taking Logan Allen's spot, but yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later in the week. And if you guys would like another place to talk about that. You can go to our Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Type it in your browser. I think we got like 3,000 people in there. And at this point, the MLB channel is jumping literally 24 hours a day. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and there is people in the MLB Discord giving out picks, talking baseball. we got a fantasy baseball channel in there as well. People asking us start and sit questions. You can also check us out on Twitter at Fake Baseball. We we post a lot of our episodes and things up there. We're all over the place. Uh, yeah, and if if you guys have have any questions you want us to talk about on the show, I know you guys in the chat are throwing them out out live. It doesn't give us much chance uh, to research, but feel free to <laughs> add us on Twitter at Fake Baseball. Hit us up in the Discord, whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll happily do a, a full mailbag show if we have uh, enough questions for that, or at least a mailbag segment where we can uh, answer your yeah. guys questions. I was actually I was thinking about doing that for our uh, later in the week episode. Throw a little mailbag action in all there right. as well. So this is a call out to all you guys that are listening now. Send us in some questions. We will answer them. Uh, I don't even know when we're recording again. Tomorrow, Thursday, probably Thursday. Thursday, third. Oh yeah, hockey. Thursday we'll be recording. Thursday. Uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you leave us a five star rating and review, that helps us a ton. I know we're charting in Australia as well as of yesterday. I think I saw it, which is pretty cool to see us popping up on more and more podcast charts out there. We appreciate all of our Australian listeners. I was going to try and do a shitty Australian accent, but I am not embarrassing myself like that for all of you guys to hear. 
And yeah, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S-O-P. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.